The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. You must have been asked to do some strange things. Yeah. I think my best one was the junior clerk. I was given a, a Christmas list by one of the barristers and a stack of cash and said, can you go and get that for me, please? It's a great day. Sat in the cabal day going, shops, take me here. Hello, I'm Kevin Poulter, and in today's podcast, we're talking to Paul Adams, or as he's sometimes known as Cliff, from Old Square Chambers. I talked to Paul about the evolution of the clerking world and what life's like now. Paul shares with us some stories about his own life as a clerk and dispels some myths along the way, always whilst exercising some professional discretion. The Hearing. Paul, thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Um, now, I'm going to start with a bit of an introduction about you because you are a, correct me if I'm wrong, senior team leader yes. at Old Square Chambers. Yeah. Now, senior team leader. <laughs> I think it just means I'm old. It just means you're old. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think we can say that anymore. As a, uh, from an employment law perspective, uh, we'll have words later. But um, uh, tell me what a senior team leader is. Uh, basically, I manage one of the teams within Chambers, so I have my own group of barristers um, as an umbrella from the larger group of Chambers. It just makes things easier to manage on a day-to-day basis. Now, is that what we would, I would call a clerk? Yes. So a senior clerk? No, not a senior oh. clerk. Uh, we have a senior clerk, we have a deputy clerk, where um, I think okay. it's in terms of my experience, because we have a number of team leaders now, um, because of my experience, it's sort of like, seen as a, a badge of honour, shall we say. And and uh, what, what's your team? Uh, employment, mainly. Oh, is it? Really? Oh, well, now now we can see why there's a <laughs> happy coincidence here. Um, and uh, I, I want to talk briefly about, well, what we want to talk about really is your gossip about barristers. But for the moment, we're going to talk about you. Uh, and just tell us like, what your story is. Do you come from a background of a long line of team leaders uh, or, or, or a clerking dynasty. Um, how did you get here? Um, when I was uh, when I first left school, I used to do um, uh, motor insurance locally. Um, I, was, I did it for about two or three years. And uh, one of the ladies there who was one of the typists, so we used to, this is how long ago it was, we used to have a typing pool of people and said, really, I, my son's a clerk and you're very similar in personalities. <laughs> and I think you get on with him. And he's looking for um, someone at his chambers that was Brickcourt Chambers then so she introduced me to him and we hit it off and yeah I got a job at Brickcourt. Wow so it was literally that yeah coincidence coincidence and, introduction. and, and um, being identified for your personality type yeah <laughs> I'm not sure if that's flattering <laughs> or not uh, we'll probably find out as we go on um, so uh, and where, where were you where were you working at the time whereabouts uh, I was working in Barking in Essex so, oh yeah so it was literally 10 minutes walk from see on my clerking bingo sheet Essex is, uh, <laughs> is, is the first one uh, along with East End yeah. uh, and anywhere else I should be aware of Bromley's one Bromley. of the places for a, a okay. clerk so why, why do you think that is the case I think a lot of it, where it used to be, it used to be introduction like that. So it was you necessarily knew someone to get into clerking, mm. which didn't help really because you were only going per type. So there's a lot of sons coming into the profession, not many really? daughters. Okay. If you look at most of the clerks that are doing the job that fathers used to do the job, it's mainly mainly the guys or the boys, as it yeah. were. And is, it, is that still the, type, the, the case today? It's, it still it's does still happen. You, still, you still get um, clerks whose fathers are clerks. Uh, Lee works with us. His, his dad's a senior clerk somewhere. And when my first junior clerk, Simon, his two sons are clerks. One's 
in Essex Court Chambers and one's in Australia. All right. Um, and so that was Brick Court. Yeah. So what? tell us, how, starting out, how old were you roughly at the time? Well, probably about 1920. Oh, wow. Okay. And what was, what was the job like? It, it was hard work, but it was good fun. We had like a, a quite a good group of us. We actually met last week for a, a drink after work. So oh, yeah, we're all a bit older now. I don't think we can lift <laughs> as many boxes as we did. But it was literally take those 20 boxes over to court now on your trolley and then in four o'clock come and get them back again. Because this is something that anyone that's ever been down to, uh, well, pretty much any court in yeah. any city uh, will have seen people usually in their kind of late teens early 20s I yeah. would suggest uh, running around with the trolleys with the boxes with the pink ribbon flying everywhere uh, like why why is that still happening now yeah um when, when are we getting just digitalization is that going to be great for your profession or is it going to be a step back I think they try I think the courts of roles building tried it in the sense mm. that you would, you would bring your server in and plug it in I just I just don't think it works we certainly have a lot more digital now than we did in terms of paperwork things mm. come through on soft copy necessarily in the hard copy. So it does make it easier. There's not the need for taking paper, reams and reams and reams and boxes and boxes of paper to court. So. And for how long were you uh, sort of doing the trolley dash? Uh, trolley dash for about four or five years. Really? Yeah, it's, re it's really, if, if now, even if someone said, we haven't got enough people to go to court, it sort of goes up the line. So the next junior, the next junior, the next junior goes in. And if it's, yeah. if it's your team and someone going to court, you're like, great, I'll take you. And you'll always see that person you haven't seen for 20 years. You'll step outside with a trolley and they'll be like, oh, hello, still pushing a trolley. You're like, no, <laughs> once in 20 years. And, and clearly, uh, muscle memory is a thing because like, I'm sure if anyone sees you, we'll take a photo later and people can, can comment. Um, but uh, like, it's presumably quite a good workout. Yeah. I was saying to a junior clerk the other day who just come to us who was a junior clerk and now has moved up to mainly more of a static role sitting in clerking. Mean, can't eat what you want now. When you're a junior <laughs> clerk, you can eat whatever you want. It's great. And, and, and how long, um, like you say, you've done that for a few years, but at, at what stage do you move on? Is it is there a natural progression? Is there a Yeah, when I, I left, when I left there, I was sort of second on the team. So we, it was called the big table. You had a clerk of junior clerks, and then you moved on to the table. So um, you were doing a bit more hands-on mm. clerking, a bit more diary work. And people have probably got a perception of, like you say the big table, people have got a perception of what this is like. <laughs> it's probably quite Dickensian. Um, is it, <laughs> it, was it like that? Is it like that still? It, what, to be honest, it was a little, it was, it, some bits were very yes sir, no sir. You can't address people by their name. And it's all, that's changed now, which is completely Has changed. it really? Yeah. It's, and people it, are more, more open. They see it more as a teamwork, as a, more than a subservient role. And why do you think that is? I think it's just a change in the times. I think it's just people now respect it as a profession as opposed to there to serve you. Hmm. And the I suppose the makeup of Barristers Chambers has all, all yes. also changed. Yes. And I presume it's a bit slower, but is that changing as well? In I think it is, yeah. And it's, it's certainly a lot more professional than it used to be. Um, and people are now relying on others for their skills. And it's hmm. not a case of Oh, I'll just send all my work to my friend at that chambers because I've known them for years. Mm. The client has a lot more input on it now as to where the work's going to go. Mm. So if you say to someone, who do you recommend? And you give them the names of the, the barristers, you know full well that they're going to look them up on their profile to make yeah. sure they do what you say they do. And then the client's going to do exactly the same as well and say, mm. hold on, they were in this case or were they in that case? So I think it's just a, a bit more awareness of the client. The client knows who you are and what they're doing. And like 
when we started first talking, you were talking about the personality type, but alongside personality, um, what would you say are the typical skills that like, perhaps even you would look to identify in, a, in somebody else to come and join you? Um, I think it's just um, a natural curiosity um, and a willing to work. I think it'd be part of a team if you're willing mm. to go that extra mile without being asked. And how would you identify that? I think you know. I think there's certain questions that we ask in interview. It was about what do you think of this and what, what would you do in this situation, a sort of role play type thing. Um, but I think you just know you get, as, as you work with a lot of clerks, you get an inkling of the way people work. And obviously when you get them in, you'll know straight away. Yeah, and, and so who typically would conduct those interviews? Would, would you have uh, advice there with you as well? Would it be now the senior clerk? Uh, the we, try to have, we try to have a mix of people. So you have um, so our admin director, um, okay. Sarah will be on, in on it, and one of the more senior team, maybe myself or Graham, mm. or one of the more junior members, just because it's on a, a peer level and people, you don't want to just see all old people sitting yeah. there or people that have been established yeah. for 30 years. You want to see people of your peers of who you're going to work with. So. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a few quick questions. <laughs> Looking at sort of a typical day in the life, you've talked about clients, I suppose, having more say, more control, maybe more awareness, certainly, yes. and access to information that they would otherwise have had, what, 20 years ago, say. Um, but how how important are you in directing instructions to the right person within Chambers? I think it can be. A lot more now, um, solicitors want the person that's going to get along with the client and have an understanding with the client, especially in the work that we do in terms of the employment side. Mm. Sometimes they need a barrister to come in to say to the client, this is how it is and this is what we need to do, um, where others need a bit more pastoral care and you, you sort of mix the personality types really. So that relies on you getting to know the client as well. Yeah. Um, how do you go about that? I think you learn through the solicitors as well. The solicitors generally have a type of client that they deal with mm. and certain solicitors deal with certain, certain so clients. So when you're talking about the client, you're talking about the actual client, not the solicitor client. <laughs> no, the solicitor client as well. No, we get to know the solicitor client because we invite them to events and we meet with them and we try and get to know them as much as possible. Make sure the barrister's introduced to them, they build up the relationship. Ours is really more of an introductory service. Mm. We introduce the barrister to the solicitor, trying to get the relationship building there. So which would you say is the more important relationship? The one between uh, you and the client, um, or the solicitor or the client, uh, or between the client and the barrister? Depends at what stage, really. Um, mm. I think the solicitor relationship with us as a clerk, so they rely on us to give the person they know they need. Yeah. And the barrister relies on us in terms of doing the right service, giving them the right cases at the right time. And how much loyalty do you think there is to a particular chambers or to even to a particular barrister these days? I think it used to be that, as you as I said before, uh, the solicitor knew the clerk, good friend, I send yeah. all my work there. And yeah. now it's not. They have a stable of barristers they use for different types of work. So if um, we get it more and more now that they ring you for a certain person, if they're not available, we're obviously trying to work it for someone else that's available. But if not, it's a case of, okay, thank you. And they, they're off to their next favorite person mm. in another chambers. Mm. And typically what would you say is the, so is the, uh, the, the most frequent question that you get asked by a solicitor or instructing uh, a party? Some, so it depends is it always on about money? No, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time is, what's the price and when can you do it for? I don't know, really it's, a weird question really it depends on what type of case it is mm. 
um, what they like with a client. The client needs this hand holding and the client needs this or can they turn it around? A lot of the time is when can they do it by? It's, it's time. When can you do this by? Can they do it by this time? And so so that suggests that it's that there's a lot of um, sort of written advice rather than actual court tribunal attendance. No, it's quite a lot of tribunal attendance, and it's, it's terms in in the obviously more in the employment side. It's have they dealt with this type of area of law before? Okay. Is it is it a wages claim? Is it that another sort of claim? So. Which brings me on to say, how well do you know your barristers? I've not got a test. Don't worry. Um, there's no there's not a, yeah. a, a, a beauty yeah. parade. What star parade. sign is? <laughs> <laughs> but how I, that presumably is the most important thing yeah you have to you have to get to know them and it's it's you have to get to know things that may not necessarily seem relevant at the time mm. but they're all like oh well, I, I i studied you know forensic medicine and they're like oh, okay that's very interesting and then then there'll be a case that will come up and they'll go and because you all sit around the table mm. the question will go out i've had a call can who knows someone that does so and so and you're like i know they told me last week so, yeah, so, so the big table is still the thing. It's the table is still the thing because it's it's really I find it difficult to work from home for that reason because it's although you can communicate through email and through yeah. telephone, it's very easy if we all sat around the table like we are now and just say who have we got to do this, who can do this, and it's very much transactional across the room. Yeah, um, I'm going to go down my list. Uh, <laughs> it kind of spins on from getting to know getting to know your barrister, also getting to know your your clients that. Um, there's a perception, uh, perhaps an old-fashioned <laughs> one, about quite a heavy drinking culture uh, with clerks particularly. Um, is that fair? Is that still the case? I think at a certain time, part in time it would have been fair because you you grow up on stories of clerks disappearing and swapping briefs in the pub in the afternoon, yeah. which, which which did happen. That's that's the way it was dealt with at a certain time and it, and it worked. Obviously, it's a bit different now. Um, mm. Some chambers have a drink, drink culture, some don't. Generally, yeah, there's you, you like socialising. Everyone likes socialising, so yeah, it does that. What it, that does happen. People mm. do drink together. Um, it wasn't a challenge, by the way. But so we've got this portrayal, particularly as was perpetuated by the TV uh, over the last again twenty <laughs> years. Um, and you, you look at the sort of the Billy Lambs of the Silk World for those people that have seen it, and going back, people like me, uh, on this life, and it was very much about who you're sleeping with, to uh, the the barristers trying to get the favour of the clerks, um, <laughs> money exchanging hands, and other things. Um, uh, is it was was that grounded in some reality at the time? It's, is prob- it still- it's probably folklore in most chambers <laughs> of things like that happening. But no, I think it's, uh, Chambers is very professional. Right? You, you, there's no way you'd be able to get away with some of the things they dramatise on the show yeah. but they have to dramatise things to make it is, it, is your life that dull? it is unfortunately oh, it's, come no, on. it's nowhere near that interesting you're, unfortunately you're, 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 you're breaking this illusion <laughs> for so many people um, and I know that increasingly uh, part of that that culture is around uh, marketing pr- yep. self-promotion promotion on behalf of uh, chambers and of uh, individual uh, council as well how much of time does that take up? It does take up a lot of time. Um, obviously, we, now we have um, specialist members of the team, business managers, marketing managers that sort of take away that part from the clerks, really, so we can mm. concentrate on the day-to-day. But yeah, like sort of Will here, that's, he spends most of his time going up down the country meeting people. Mm. How surprised are you by how much things have changed? So in your career? 
Yeah, I think when I look back, it is it is changed massively. When you think, well, when I started at Brick Court, um, Julian Ian had just taken over from from Ron Burley, who um, in his day would have had a chauffeur bringing him into chambers, mm. which is ridiculous. I mm. can't even get on the train. There's <laughs> not enough space. But yeah, that sort of very small window in the sense that things have changed. We used to have a paper diary. Mm. So the mm. term penciling it in was literally penciled in the diary at the end of the day. Simon the first junior used to write it in fountain pen. Mm. And that then the diary was set for the next day. It was, it's just mad when you say to a clerk now, paper diary, we'd all be sitting there yeah. going, give me the diary. Yeah. It's more accessible. Fascinating. Yeah, you don't really think about it because it's been such a slow it's an evolution. So you mentioned about the chauffeur. Mm. Um, is there still this, and I, I suspect the answer is now no, but this sort of upstairs, downstairs, are you in the basement around the big table? Is there an upstairs, <laughs> downstairs class system still going on? Um, do, you, do you sense that at all still? Or even in certain chambers it's different? Maybe some change, certainly not here. Um, I don't a, get that impression, I should there's say. There's always a trepidation. I think you, you get it from um, the pupils and new members. They, they're like, should I come into the classroom? Because if you go into any classroom, it's busy. Everyone's on the phone talking, as you said, to mm. each other. So people are like, and we're like, no, come in, speak to us, tell us about you, tell us what, you, what you've done today. It's amazing what you'll hear from someone and say, you'll never guess this happened at court today. It was amazing. Yeah. And then two weeks later, someone will ring you with exactly the same thing on their case. And you go, ah, I know. That's uh, yeah. That, so you are. I suppose you are the the, the, the linchpin. Yeah. So we're trying to together. soak up as much information as we can. And uh, I think probably my final question about this, but I read that there are no two clerks with the same name in chambers. That <laughs> if you had a diff- you have to name somebody else that was yeah. already there, you had to change your name. Yeah. So I changed when I first started clerking. <laughs> what? I changed my name. Well, I had to change my name because my. My friend who brought me in is called Paul. That's my name. So you get you get to use your middle, normally use your middle name. So my middle name, unfortunately, is Clifford. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I was ribbed a lot of school for that, and I was delighted when they said I'd be called Cliff. And how long did that that took through the whole? No, so that that was when I was there, and when I went to my next chambers, there was a Paul there already, so I stayed as Cliff. And then when I moved again, um, it, it, there wasn't a Paul there, so you can keep you, you can keep that forever. Charles, um, who I work with um, at 3PB, his real name's John, and he's been Charles for 50 years. Uh, it's just, that's just, it's, that sticks. It's and, just and, sticks. And, and ha- but how does that, it's like having a professional, like a stage name. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> what are you at home? You, you, do you have to split between the two? Well, no, no. But, yeah. uh, but if people, some people know me as Cliff, and some people know me as Paul. Wow. So my friends who I met through Paul still call me Cliff. And when we socialise with them, they'll call me Cliff. And my kids have now know about it, but they're like, who are they talking yeah. to? Oh, well, you've you confused me already. Uh, I'm just going to move on. Um, thank you. And we talked a little bit about the, um, sort of the gender disparity, again, traditional gender disparity. Do you see that that is something which is changing over time as well? Or is it still yeah. because of that? lumping around big boxes is that an issue for people is it again the it's always the son not the daughter it, I think it was when certainly when I was a junior clerk we had from my memory I only saw two three female junior clerks it's ridiculous mm. because it literally was hefting heavy boxes and after a while you you just just burn out you just think well yeah. no well I'm going to go and do something else yeah. a bit more 
less lifting. And I think, but now because obviously you know look, looking at um, things being coming in soft copy papers, is not, yeah, it's not that not that side of it isn't needed. And we're bringing in obviously the, the gender disparity. I think is being changed. Mm. I think I think we're getting there on that. But um, like like I was particularly the solicitor's profession where people in, within firms sort of move up the ranks. Are there opportunities for women particularly to come in at a more senior level or do you have to pay your dues? No, well, it used to be that you had to pay your dues. But now I think because the profession is becoming more professional and mm. um, people are coming in on the on a higher level, not having to do that, bringing something different. I think, I think that's the key, bringing something different from maybe another industry or where they've worked previously. But I think, yeah, I think in terms of the gender balance, we're getting there. So taking it back, Brickcourt we've been through, but you were doing, what sort of clerking were you doing? Were you civil or criminal or? No, no, it's commercial clerking, so yeah. And has that been all the way through? Uh, in my, in, my, in yeah. terms of my profession. No, I went to a family set for a bit and then I went to the stint a couple of common law sets. Yeah, okay, so. and, and what's the difference between them? Uh, is, there, is there an identifiable difference or I is it, it much muchness? There's certainly the stuff on the day-to-day. If, if you work at, um, maybe a personal injury criminal set um day-to-day stuff uh, like phones and interaction with sisters is is more rapid more mm. there's more certainly more interaction on a day-to-day basis the diary changes very quickly on the commercial side of it your your hearings are that much longer you've got sort of arbitrations lasting for weeks maybe months so you get a little bit more time to deal with things mm. in terms of the diary and look at the days ahead whereas if you're looking at the say the criminal diary things that move a bit quicker your head down a bit more yeah because i know from my experience of instructing barristers that we have we have um you might book them in a long time in advance but at some point either before or during uh, a trial or a hearing um <laughs> things might get settled yeah and uh, what, do you then kick into overdrive to try and fill the diary for those missing days like an arbitration where you've you've booked out maybe three months suddenly two of those months become free <laughs> and everything else is booked in a diary six months before. Like, how big an issue is that? It can be. If it's a really long case, you've got to have an eye on your communication with the solicitor, with the barrister. Is this going to settle? Has, has there been negotiations? Mm. Have there been offers? So in the background, you're thinking, well, maybe that is going to settle. If you're offered something else, you can speak to him and say, he's got something in. We might be able to fit you in, but we'll know by it. X mm-hmm. and then they appreciate the communication. You can't book it, but you can have the dialogue in saying, well, he may be available, she may be available, they may be available then. Mm-hmm. Um, but in certainly in the, the the small stuff, it turns around quickly. Yeah, I put someone on a plane once to Scotland, literally as I landed, I rang them and said, settled. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm here for the next nine hours. And that was it, just turn around it. and come back. Yeah, come around and come back. I literally got one foot on the train. Am I getting on this train? Yes, get on the train. But in that situation, how difficult is it to negotiate fellow fees? Um, because you, 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 your, your man or woman haven't provided necessarily the service that they were going to be doing, but they've, you've yeah. already incurred certainly some travel costs, a day off the diary. Uh, how do you go about having that conversation? I think you, you've already had that conversation already with Slister, so you're building it in. And you're thinking about if you book something in someone's diary for two months that's two months out of the diary they can't do anything so you're looking at the diary in terms of well there's no way i'm going to be able to fill that straight away i may be able to fill part of it so that's when your brief fee kicks in and your tranches 
of how they're incurred and when it how much work that involves and in the event that it does settle this is what's going to happen so there's actually quite a lot of maths involved as well yeah and, yeah. and uh, stresses the brain uh but like crisis management <laughs> pretend like factoring yeah. it before it happens yeah well potentially you could be looking at back to back back to back trials for someone and then mm. they all settle they fall like i had it the other week where we had a month's worth of back-to-back work go one phone call next phone call next phone call and in that situation you might have a very well established (laughs) i won't say wealthy um uh uh, barrister in uh there you might have somebody who's quite junior who actually was relying on that cash coming in do they look immediately to you to say where's my money coming from for the next two months yeah and And, then it's sort of that then again it's a partnership with them in the sense of saying that there's things you can be doing with this time practical things obviously if they've incurred a fee for some of it they've got a little bit of a cushion um, to help them through yeah but again it goes back on the table it's barrister x is free now for the next four weeks if you get a call this is what it is yeah. but because we've all you're always going to get a last minute call for something yeah so it's just communication between you and them and how do you do deal with those last minute calls because I, I i was looking at your website and it's got a sort of the monday to friday nine till whenever is it nine till seven or something yeah. So, yeah and then out of hours um phone this number now whose number is that is that the roving <laughs> phone that goes home normally it's people? a senior clerk uh and some chambers take it in turns we used to have a we used to have one phone when we were juniors and you take the phone home at the weekend, carry it around like this. And how, how awful was that? Because <laughs> you had the phone, you're like, if you yeah. lose this phone, you're dead. Um, but yeah, but now it's like, everyone's accessible. I've taken phone calls on Boxing Day, Christmas Really? Day. Yeah. From like, who rings you? I'm Bar- barristers, <laughs> solicitors, yeah. Just I need this. I need this now. But, but for commercial work, particularly, you want to expect that to like criminal maybe. No, I'm expecting more. I'm but... not on the commercial work so much, but on the the other fast moving stuff. Okay. Yeah, members, like, I've just realised I'm supposed to be here, or I'm missing this, or someone needs something urgently. But the criminal stuff, especially those guys, must get phone calls uh, every five minutes. Yeah, absolutely, and to say the diary is not just about filling something up for two months; it's filling maybe twenty things in one day. I don't. Yeah. Uh, is, is there again a different personality trait that has to yeah, go with that? Yeah, certainly. I've, I've tried doing the criminal side and that's the, <laughs> that is the next level in terms of fitting things into the diary. Those guys are wizards. So there's a lot of talk about biases sort of going almost over a cliff edge by celebrating taking silk, but also potentially losing a lot of work because they're now too expensive. How do you manage that? And, and is that a real challenge? It can be. It depends on... Sometimes they get it right at the right time so they're really to push on they've got all the cases they're on the upward trajectory some some stumble a bit it happens it's it's just making sure that no one panics we know what we're doing um this is our plan making sure you're in front of the right people we introduce you to the right people mm-hmm. so it's just that level of expectation because people naturally assume because you're a silk you're going to be earning tons of cash and you have loads of work and in some sets it works you yeah. just fly straight in in yeah. other sets you have to work it a bit more and how how quickly into somebody's career can you recognise whether they will take silk or not? It's, a, it's really hard to say because others who think, oh, they're going to absolutely fly it, and then they pull back a bit. So, yeah, but it's it's up to them, really. It's their drive. And they'll say to you, oh, I'm ready or I want to go for yeah. it. Yeah. And you've never dissuaded anyone from it? No, I wouldn't. If they, were, if they thought, they honestly thought they were ready for it and they really wanted to go for it, but as long as they were aware of what could happen in terms of their practice mm. and what we can manage for them and what we have available for them in terms of work, mm. yeah, go for it. 
again, there are a lot of rumours around, uh, again, possibly historically, you can fill us in, the clerks would often make a lot more money than the barristers they were, in inverted commas, serving. Um, first of all, who serves who, I suppose, is one question. Uh, but question. Is that, do you still work on a commission basis? Uh, is it a salaried model these days? How, how do things work? Ours are salaried. Um, some people, some chambers are still have an element of commission, but I, don't, I certainly don't think it's what it used to be. It used to be sort of you'd take back again not many generations maybe sort of 20 30 years mm. taking a percentage of chambers yeah that was yeah. it and charles used to tell me there was a story of a clerk who had quite a large belly and he had a drawer next to him and the, he'd look at the barrister and they'd say have you got a check and he'd say yeah have you got a check and they'll be handing over their check for his their percentage as he's handing over really yeah. so it was, so so that goes right down to who's serving who yeah that, um but that was back when um, some clerks used to be get paid. So the senior clerk would get paid for everyone and then would pay them. So the chambers would pay the senior clerk the percentage right. and then they would pay their clerks out of their percentage. Really? Yeah, so it's almost very like, like a little school. family business. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. That's like, there's your, there's your keepings for the week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go away and a enjoy yourself. A lot of trust involved. And, well, that's just, that's just remarkable. <laughs> yeah. uh, and is that, is that still, is it still a... Um, you sat here in your boss, your Hugo Boss sweatshirt, um, uh, jumper, sorry. So uh, I haven't changed my name. So you haven't changed my name. No, I know. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Um, but the, uh, uh, you're obviously doing quite well. Is it? Is it a? My wife buys me all my, my Hugo Boss stuff. It's very, very, very tasteful. Um, but is is that? Is it still a good career? It, it is a very good career. I think financially, I. I I regularly say it to people that is that we couldn't earn what we earn doing what we do locally, mm. but but then we make sure that our barristers earn well. It's all it's a swings and roundabouts. The more that they earn, the better off Chambers is. The more the potential is that the clerk's gonna. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, well, it kind of makes sense. Um, you mentioned you've been working with uh, common law sets, uh, commercial to a certain extent here. Um, do you think that? those in criminal but also in legal aid sets t- typically how how tough is it for them at the moment we're seeing that some are just yeah. sort of falling to the wayside or merging uh, you must have mates that are working in those places is it is it it's, as awful as it sounds it's 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 tough it's the legal aid cuts that are coming in are, or have been in for a while are ridiculous in terms of um getting paid but i think i think what people have now is and they've had for a while is that fat cat mentality of barristers and lots and lots of money doing these yeah. cases and in, in reality they they don't if you um if you read the secret barrister book you'll know just how bad it is yeah um so you so, but we don't want too many clerks either because you don't you don't want the competition uh, but, is, but presumably that's that's or can be as good as if not a better career in terms of prospects in terms of opportunity yeah. than, than going in as a barrister yeah and are you you came out of school I'm guessing around 16 were you 16 okay yeah. so this is like okay you, you do you pay your dues as I've said but you can really do well by do you think you've had to move around to get to that position no I think that's just the organic way that my my, my career has, has worked really um, bit of a journeyman in terms of memory chambers but I've enjoyed what I've done. I, I think I enjoyed working with different people in different ways um, for different chambers. But I think I've learned quite a lot 
from different people as I've gone along. So quite a good sounding board. And who do you think you learn from most? Um, do you learn from your peers or were you learning from uh, so the, the council you were working with? A little bit of both really, um, but mainly peers. It's people you look up to, people you aspire to be, mm. or as I always said, you, you you have to be a little bit like a magpie and, and pinch a bit of, oh, they're really good at that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see how they do that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try and emulate that if I can, or they're good at that. And yeah, I think you just need to pinch a bit of everyone. But you must have seen some things that you really didn't want to pinch as well. I looked for some <laughs> horror stories out of that. You know? Yeah, there are some absolute horror stories you've seen, but yeah, it's everyone's different. I think because of the how long I've been in the profession, mm. seen it change quite a lot in terms of working in some chambers you're working, you hear horror stories of senior clerks shouting at everyone and everyone just sitting there with their head down, typing away quite happily. As long as you don't shout at me, it's fine. I'm quite happy. Yeah. So now it's more, more inclusive, and you wouldn't dream of shouting at anyone. Yeah. So you're obviously dealing with, I'm presuming, uh, a lot of egos uh, in the workplace. Um, again, not my words, uh, the words of Orsless. No. Um, and how difficult is that to manage? Because well, so many different personality types. Again, I think it can be difficult if you don't have a relationship, and that's. I think that goes back to what you were asking earlier on in terms of mm. building the relationship. As long as you build the relationship and you understand each other, and you know where each other's coming from and the needs and the wants, then I don't think it becomes an issue really. Really, because I, I, being in any office, like there are politics, there are tempers, there are uh, the the the, the, the situation you describe surely is a bit of a. Um, a, a pot melting pot boiling over <laughs> at some point because um, it must be quite I, I, you don't look stressed but it must be a stressful environment to be in I think it is but it's an enjoyable environment because it's so different and it changes day to day and one phone call you can pick up completely change your day in terms of right I've landed that brief for someone really good brief I go up to speak mm. to them they're really happy you're happy I think it's that sort of transactional side of it which is the good side of it in terms of the melting pot it's all gone wrong yeah where's my practice gone you're to, you're to blame it, that has happened and it's and i've been in chambers where that has happened but not so much no i think they understand it's just not your fault you're doing your best yeah um does that mean that you don't have any favorites no not at all we're just going to leave that there. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Again, you've been around, I keep going back to it, you're not that old, but you've been around for a while. Uh, do you see the people coming in as pupils, as juniors, uh, do you see that they've changed over again the course of time? Um, what do you think, are maybe for better or maybe for worse? Do, I, th I think in terms of, expect I think it's probably most in the last sort of five, ten years in terms of work-life balance. Yeah. And I think the expectation of a clerk and chambers is, it used to be, and you see that quite a lot of big law firms as you come in at silly o'clock in the morning, you mm. go home at silly o'clock at night. Not necessarily because the work demands that you be there, it's because the organisation demands that you be there because that's what we expect you to be. Mm. But now because you can work remotely yeah. and you can work from wherever you want in the world and yeah. you can pick and choose in terms of you want to, if you don't want to work on Wednesday, that's fine. You don't want to work on Wednesday. Mm. The option is you may lose out on this, but we'll always offer you if it's available. Mm. It's sort of that. I think it's more, it's more inclusive in terms of flexibility. But I think in terms of looking at mothers returning when they've had maternity breaks, and yeah, that sort of. Stuff, I think it's it's easier to access. 
Mm. But with people working flexibly or different hours, how difficult does it make your job then to match the jobs? Because um, if you're in if you're in a in a hearing, you can't say, "Well, I want to take the one." Sorry, sorry, stop the stop the court, <laughs> stop the proceedings. Uh, I, I'm off tomorrow. Um, that can't happen again. Is that something that you've got to be really sensitive to? Yeah, I think we need to be aware of of people's um, commitments in terms of outside of chambers and outside of work and what they're doing. So, yeah, it, 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 it does make it a little bit harder, but I think if you are if you know what you're doing, you have good communication, I think it's easy. You can work with it. And so what do you see as the future? Um, there's been so much evolution over these past 20 years or so. Like, what's, going, what's it going to look like in another 20 years? Are we going to be working remotely? It, it, will direct access, for example, how much of an impact has that had? Will that continue to develop? I think it has um, continued to develop. It's, it's, it's certainly quite, we get quite a lot of inquiries in for direct access. I think that that's a reflection of uh, finances. People looking at things and saying, "Well, actually, I can't afford a solicitor and a barrister. Mm. What's the next best option?" And you've got things like Billy Bots that have come along, artificial intelligence that manage it, but in a different way. So there's certain expectations and certain levels of claim and certain types of claim that that yeah, mm. that would be perfect for. But yeah. there's others where really you need the interaction because you need to match people in, in a different way. And I, I'm going to kind of leave you to tell us some more stories <laughs> after this, but uh, who would you say is the priority for you to keep happy? Apart from your wife. Apart from my wife, my wife and the kids, the dog probably. Um, I think you need to keep your team happy whether it'll be your immediate team or the barrister's team, but ultimately the clerking team, really, because yeah. they're the people you work with every day. Barristers will be happy and unhappy with things coming in and out of the diary and the cases settling. But yeah, as long as you and your colleagues are happy, I think you've got to be in a nice working environment. So you must have some stories that you that stuck with you that you've heard in the past. Yes, yes, we've got we've got a few. One we've, we would tell all the time, it's from one of our junior clerks, is that uh, one of the junior clerks uh, when you used to go to court, you used to ask the barrister, would you like any lunch? What would you like? And they'd either give you the money or they wouldn't. But this particular barrister gave the junior clerk a £50 note, which, you know, 25 years ago was quite a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't turn it down now if you're offering. Goes, goes, back, goes back, goes gets his lunch, sandwich, <laughs> nothing. He said, well, okay. So he catches up with the junior clerk later and said, um, got my lunch, thanks very much. Um, I gave you a £50 note. Uh, Where's the change? He said, well, you told me to get myself something. He said, yes. He said, well, I bought myself a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, and that is apparently that is a very true story. So, but every industry must have that sort of folklore tale. And that is one we, we've told since we were junior class. Never found out how it was, but apparently it's, it's But then you must, have, you must have been asked to do some strange things. Yeah. I think my best one was the junior class. I was given a... A Christmas list by one of the barristers and a stack of cash and said, Can you go and get that for me, please? It's a great day. Sat in the cavalry day going, Shops, take me here. That was it. That was yeah, just that was, that was my that was my dad. And that was was that that wasn't unexpected, I'm presuming. No, that was just that was just the norm. It's just it was just weird. It's like, Can you go and do that? Can you do that? It's great. And it sounds it was like very weird, very odd. It sounds like you miss those days. Yeah, you do and you don't, because like if I said to my junior clerk now, Can you go and do that? I wouldn't, but if you said they'd be looking at you going, as if you had three heads, they'd be like, What? I'm not doing that. Not a chance. <laughs> so I'm not going to get my shoes polished today then? No. Okay. Pull, um, your, own, pull your own oranges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just got one thing to ask you about, which is um, 
the Institute of Barristers Clerks. Yes. Now, I don't know if you remember or not, but I know there's yes. um, a real drive to. You've, you've said the word already, sort of professionalise in many ways the what seems being quite a maybe an opaque hmm. side of the law. Hmm. Um, what do you think it can and, and, and will achieve, and what's, what's it doing already? What it's doing already in terms of looking at gender balance, uh, if you look at the, the recent articles that Lucy, the chair, is putting out, they do some really good work in terms of trying to professionalise, looking at uh, mental health. Uh, myself, I'm going on a course at the moment, I'm doing a course at the moment, which is one of the courses provided by the ABC and the ILM for management. So in that sense, they're looking at professionalising what we do because people see, as you say, Clark from Essex earning a lot of money and thinking, hold yeah. on, they haven't got any qualifications, what they're doing. But in reality, we've got years and years and years of experience. But if you looked at their CV, they'd go, hold on, what's going on here? So it is looking at professionalising qualifications that are transferable because we've got lots of transferable skills. You look at uh, Rob Siegel I used to work with, he became a very, very high profile um, football legend. So in that sort of regard, there's others that you know have gone on to do weird and wonderful things outside of the industries. It's because we are, I don't know, as a, as a, a nature clerking, very personable yeah. and we deal with people face to face and very transactional in terms of what we do we have lots of transferable skills, but people mm. might say, well, where's your GCSEs or yeah. where's your MBQ or whatever. Yeah. Well, look, very best of luck with things. Um, I'm available to be wooed at any time. Um, <laughs> Ten minutes. So I will uh, I'll look forward to that and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. The Hearing. As ever, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us again and why not give us a rating or subscribe? That way you'll get an alert every time we release a new episode. The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. To find out more, go to tr.com forward slash the hearing or subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.